talk from from Katie. The first time I met Katie was on a Skype session, a FaceTime session, um, when we were just organising our seminar stream. And I met quite a lot of her kids because they kept on interrupting the the FaceTime call. One, I think your oldest boy, he had your phone or something, and he just picked up it and was like, hello, who's this? And we were like, uh, you're not Katie, unless you got something confused. Um, but Katie, I just thought I'd ask you a couple of questions quickly, a yeah. couple of quick fire questions. Yeah. Okay, coffee or tea? Oh, tea, I hate coffee. Okay, really? Yeah, passionate about hating coffee, which is funny because I'm in, from Brighton and they're all quite poncy about coffee. Okay, um, Pepsi or Coke? Oh, I would have always said Coke, yeah. but I feel like I'm up for a change. Okay, oh, right. Yeah, so maybe I could swing to Pepsi. Okay, okay then. Midlife crisis. Oh, oh right. Um, ketchup or brown sauce? Or no, that looks like no sauce. Um, ketchup. Okay. Lots of ketchup. Ketchup, ketchup. Okay, um, last one is, what's your favourite fruit? I reckon orange if someone else peels it for me. Okay. So you're not up for peeling it yourself. Yeah, so therefore I'm a bit more satsuma maybe, I should say. Because okay. not many people will offer to peel an orange for you, really. No. How many new days have you been to, Katie? Um, all of them. All of which them. Which is 13? 13. Okay. 14. Okay. 14. <laughs> We don't know. No, 13. You'd think she'd be married yeah. to someone important no, in the leadership 13, team, wouldn't you? And then the time before that was Revive at Festival Manchester. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's give a big round of applause to Thanks. Katie as she comes speak to us. Uh, well, it is such a privilege to come and speak to you guys. And it is even more so of a, of a privilege to speak on, I know everyone will say this, but on one of the most important topics that there is, and that is what I'm going to be speaking on, the Bible. And the reason why it is one of the most important topics is because it is going to inform every single decision that you make in your life. Everything, that, whether it's a small decision or a big decision, is actually going to be informed by what this book says and how much you actually believe in this book. And um, when I say the word Bible, I know that many of you will think, ah, oh, boring, which I completely understand when it isn't explained properly to you, or maybe if you're reading a version that is hard to understand, or some of you are going to just think it's actually just a difficult activity to even do because you don't get it, or just irrelevant. And I guess that's what this morning, one of my main aims is that by the time we leave this session, that you're going to actually have a value on this that is going to be a higher value than anything else, really, that you have ever read, looked at. And that's what, um, yeah, that is my main aim. Um, but I kind of say to you that the Bible is good for you. I don't know whether basically lots of your youth leaders say, oh, it's really good for you to read the Bible. And when people say to me things like, it's really good for you, it makes me think of things like when I say to my kids, it's really good for you to eat fruit. Or to eat broccoli, it's really good for you. And um, when you get to my age and stage, the, um, the thing that I think, oh, what's really good for me, um, I'm actually going to ask you all to do. So that when you're at this age and stage, you think this is really good. And um, the thing that I think is really good for me to do is actually, you're all going to think I'm mad now. This is where you get to know a little bit of what I'm like, is um, something called like the plank 
or a stomach exercise. So what I want you to do is all lie on the floor, uh, facing up. Oh, I better do it now, hadn't I? I hope the mic still works. I want you to lie on the floor and put your feet two inches from the ground. Okay, put your hands next to you by your side. So they're on the floor next to you. From your feet two inches from the ground, I want you ten times to put them up to your head and back down again. One. Two. Don't touch the floor with your heels. Three. Four. Five. Six. Be honest. Stop if you have to. Seven. Eight. Nine. Loving the groans. Ten. Brilliant. Right, now you sit up. No, I don't think anyone passed wind. I'm loving the groans. See, that is something that I would say now. Oh, that's actually really good for me, especially after five children, but I won't go into that. The, um, they're the kind of things I spend my time doing. Think this is, this is quite good for me to do, okay? At the moment, that isn't something that's good for you. You eat your broccolis, okay? But, um, and then it, but the thing is, when it's to do with reading the Bible, it is so different from something like that that is just maybe good for you to do. What the, the thing is, the difference about the Bible, it's like a film when you like love to watch a film and it's a big, long, epic film and you're like, that was good to do. It was a good film. Or, or maybe when it kind of comes to your favorite meal with your bestest buddies and you enjoy a nice meal t- together and it was like, that was g- a good night. That's what it is for the Bible. When it's good for you, it's that kind of good for you, not a, this is painful, I'm groaning, I'm shoving broccoli in my face, good for you. Okay, so when someone says, when your youth leader says it's good for you, that is what they mean by that. Don't hear, don't picture me doing sit-ups and stuff and broccoli in your face. Think of, they're saying this is like the best thing for me, it's like a favourite thing to do. But we need to get to that point, because at the moment, most of you are probably thinking, like we I said at the beginning, it's a bit more boring and maybe harder work. The, um, what I want to tell you about the Bible is it's actually an incredibly dangerous book. So for hundreds of years, the Bible has tried to be banned in many countries. It has been burned in many countries. And people have been even imprisoned in trying to translate it into their language and things like that. Even in the town I live in, in Brighton, I'll be walking around Brighton. And then at the end of one road, you're walking past the shop that sells vans. Then you go into the lanes, and then you see Jamie Oliver's on your right, and then on your left, there's what actually now is like a kind of quaint pub. Um, but actually, on the wall, there's a plaque. What I mean by plaque is like a kind of big kind of concrete block with like um, writing in it in terms of just digged away. There's probably a yeah plaque, you know, thing. And in that plaque, it says that over 500 years ago, that there was a man that lived in this this well, it was then a house. And he got taken away and burned because he translated the Bible into English. And that's in my home city. That was only 500 years ago. That happened in the center of the town where I live in. And this is the kind of book that we can sometimes just leave on the side, just gathering dust. But yet then there's a man in my city and many others that have given their life so that it can be in English. So, so some people, they're thinking, what am I missing out on? Why do some people think this is so much of value? And even today, you think, oh, that was 500 years ago. But even today, places like China, people would go to prison for even just owning a Bible. So it's not just something from 500 years ago. So it's a dangerous book. 
So even if it's a dangerous book, you could still be saying, why should we be reading it? But let's find out a bit more. Okay, these days, I actually don't think that you would get burned or I don't think it will be banned. But do you know what happens now in schools and in universities? Often what happens is it's actually just criticised. And you can be actually made to be, feel a bit of a fool if you believe the Bible. And then I've kind of been in conversations where I've, people have just kind of scoffed at me and actually mocked at me for actually believing it. And you kind of end up thinking, ah, oh, what have my parents been saying? What have my youth leaders been saying? Because this person, who I see maybe even is in education must be cleverer than me, and they're making me feel like an idiot for believing it. But actually, there are many, many, and some of the wisest people in the world do believe this book, and it's important for you to know that. And actually, there is somebody that doesn't want you to read it and so wants to make you um, feel like an idiot for trying to prioritise it. But the reason why we read it is because actually, the Bible is claiming that it is God speaking. That is what the Bible is. And if I asked many of you here, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if I said to you, who wants to really clearly hear God speaking to them? The fact you've come to this seminar, I'm imagining most of you will say, yes. I mean, who wouldn't want to hear God speaking to them about their life? And that is actually what the Bible is, is God speaking to us. And I think we just don't know the value that we've got in our hands. I kind of think of um, when um, in the Spider-Man film, when suddenly he realizes that he suddenly, there's web that can come out of his hands. And it's like, this is what I feel like in the Bible. It's like, you can read it and you can look at it little bits, but you don't actually realize the power that is in your hands. And when suddenly you grasp at this and you think, this is actually power, you can suddenly see it incredibly different. And that is my aim again this morning, is for you to realize the power. So why should we take it seriously? It is because it claims to be God's word. But... There are other books that are serious, aren't there? And actually, they claim to be a lot of things, but we still don't take it seriously. The reason why we should take it seriously is because Jesus took it seriously. And he really did. He utterly lived by this. He used it as a script for his life. So he would use it, he would quote scripture, and he would, in in many kind of discussions that he would have, he would use this as his final word. And against his biggest enemy, which was Satan, he would quote this when he was at his most tempted his most low points he would say it is written and that is how he would fight against satan and that's another tip for us in that and how we do it so it's a it's a saying that um, it's important to jesus it's like a completely complete understatement he trusted this absolutely fully he said things like scripture cannot be broken he said not even one dot or letter of it would pass away until the end of the world And so if we trust Jesus, then we should be trusting the word as well. People who live this way will definitely find out for themselves that it is God's word. Okay, so secondly, it's a reliable book, and we should read it. Um, Another reason is just why should we read it so much? Why does your youth leaders and your parents maybe say to you, it's good to read it. Maybe every day, dip into it often. Why do we always kind of quote it so much at these, these morning meetings? The reason we should read it, I'm just going to break into two bits. First of all, we meet God in it. And it, there's no other book, there's no other writing that you actually meet the person of God. When you, 
when you have, say, like an article, say it's an article of journalism and you're writing about someone, say even like the New Day um, Instagram feed, I don't know whether, do any of you follow the New Day Instagram feed? Some of you do. So if there's like on any of the kind of social media stuff, you can follow famous people or even like famous kind of events that are happening. And, um, or even if you're reading newspapers or, or different articles, you've got the journalists that are writing about things. But you're only hearing about them and you're hearing about it. If you were following the New Day feed and actually you were at home, you haven't actually experienced New Day, have you? You're like, oh, believe for them, I can see that ride that races around really fast or different meetings that are going on. Or you can see, like, you know, nailed it on all these worship songs that they're kind of posting and stuff like that. But actually, it's not the same, is it? It's actually coming to New Day and being here and actually experiencing New Day. And then the, the, the difference, again, with the Bible is that when you're... It's hard to get your head around it, but when you are reading the Word, you are encountering God. You are meeting with Him. God comes, God comes to us in His Word. An example of this would be in 1 Samuel 3... In verse 21, it says, And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel. That was Samuel was being spoken to by God, and he came by the word of the Lord. And that's, um, again, it's the, it's the Bible is the word. The word is God speaking and coming to us. When God speaks, it is him appearing, it's him revealing himself to us. This is why the Bible uses really dangerous words for the, um, for about the Bible. In Jeremiah 23, I'll look it up. I found it, so I didn't take too long. Jeremiah 23, verse 29, it says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? So it's two words. It's like a hammer and like fire. And then in Hebrews 4, verse 12, some of you might know this verse. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, For the word of the Lord, for the word of God is living and active, is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning and thoughts and intentions of the heart. So these are kind of weapons that the Bible has been used about being described with the hammer, the fire, and the sword. So it is a dangerous book that we are reading. God created the world by his word. What did he say? He said, let there be light. Boom. And there was. That is how powerful God's word is. One point there was nothing, and then there is something. When people become Christians, it is because his word has come to them. It's become alive in them. The question is, has his word come to you? The fact that many of you are in this seminar, I'm thinking to many of you it might have done, but it is still worth checking. Am I a Christian? Do I understand everything that's been going on? Or am I just here just because a friend's um, just brought me along, which is brilliant. You're completely welcome. But I think it's thinking, has the word become alive to me? Is Jesus the most important thing in my life? And I want to therefore read and find out more about what is so important to him. So the other thing is... um, um, about why to um, read the Bible and why to read it so much is so one we can meet Jesus by reading the Bible and the second point is that meeting with Jesus in the end is the thing that is going to make us most happy and um, when you kind of whack on that happy song it actually gets all of you at least most of you your feet were tapping 
Some of you got a little bit more of a jig on. Some would break out into even more of a move. But we all want to be happy. Am I right? I know most of you are like doing the kind of serious face, but that's because you're concentrating so deeply in what I'm saying, isn't it? But the, uh, most of us know that actually deep inside, we want to be happy. And this is, again, when you meet Jesus, you have the chance to be the happiest people around. The, um, our biggest problem is our wrong ideas of actually what makes us happy. We can go to short-term things to make us happy, but actually coming to Jesus and knowing that God gave his son Jesus for us, his son, who's the only one that can make us happy, from this world and to the next. For eternity, we can be happy when we are Christians and knowing that when we find, come to, it's like the kind of happy, the kind of thing of when, um, when you long for Jesus, it's kind of like maybe when you kind of long for going onto your Xbox, when you wake up and you think, oh, I fancy going on the Xbox and it's the kind of thing you want to do first or, I don't know, for, um, for me, it's maybe just to see the kids or something that makes you happy. But knowing Jesus um, it's actually kind of, it is the thing that is going to make you the happiest and for the longest. Jesus is better than anything else. And that basically is what a Christian is just knowing it is Jesus that is going to make you happy. So that's why we should read the Bible. So when God speaks to us through this word, it is powerful. So when you read it, sometimes it can even feel a bit upsetting. But ultimately, that is still going to make you happy because sometimes we read things that we either don't understand or sometimes we don't even like because it is so countercultural. It's so against what our friends and our peers and even what just the pressure of, of our society and culture is telling us. But actually, the, um, ultimately, when we get to know this word, God's aim for his children is to bring us comfort and it is to ultimately please us. So it says so in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. So the Bible is perfect. It is going to revive your soul. In Psalm 119, how sweet are your words to my taste. It is sweeter than honey to my mouth. So how does it work? Well, I like eating. We all like eating. We all need to eat. And basically, when you actually kind of get into the Bible... The important thing is, is that you do it little and often, and like eating, and you can learn to do it more and more. Like all of you have had to learn to eat. I know you're not going to remember it, but you all have at some point had to learn to eat. And um, the things you can do is little and often. Sometimes you can read things, and straight away God talks to you, and straight away you're like, oh, I get this. This has revived my soul. This is something that is helpful. This is something useful, and it's going to do me good. Other times, it's a bit more like um, an acquired taste. It's like, um, with me, it was olives. Have you ever have got a food where you thought, oh, everyone seems to be liking olives, and I'm going to keep giving it a try. I am still trying it with coffee, but, coffee, but I still don't like that. It still makes me feel sick. But olives, it's a bit of an acquired taste, and I kind of kept trying it when other people, when people kind of kept putting them out. I thinking, what is this olive thing? Why did everyone like them? And it's kind of become, it's grown on me, and there's going to be other bits of scriptures that you mull over, and you keep coming back to, and then you, maybe you'll gradually understand more and more, and um. And it's kind of like, it's something that just takes a bit of time and sometimes a bit of work. But I know for all of you, you get what I mean in that. Because whether you play an instrument or whether you've had to nail some kind of skill, whether it's like a trick on your skateboard or a somersault on the trampoline or if it is just playing the guitar or whatever, when there is a something that you want to achieve, 
that you have to fight for that. And sometimes you have to give a lot of time and hours to it. And that's the same thing with some of the trickier scriptures. It doesn't mean it's not right. It just means that you need to commit a bit more time to working some of it out. And then um, the more time you give to it. And it's funny again, isn't it? It's so easy sometimes, whether it's like with a skateboard or whether it's a trampoline. But if this is actually as dangerous and as important and we're going to meet with God and it's going to make you happy then it's something that, that is good and value to put your time into. So I would say, um, give a little bit of time, a little bit practical now. Give a little bit of time to it every day. I'm a bit, sometimes I can be like an all in or all out. So if I feel like I'm all in, so for me, I downloaded the app um, on my phone and it was like, right, how to read the Bible in a year. And there is 1,189 chapters in the Bible. So that means to read it in a year, you had to read three chapters a day to read it. Now for me, to read three chapters, that was actually too much for me. But I did manage it for about a week. Then after about a week, I was just like, I can't do it. And I just quit. And I was like, I can't do it. And it was just depressing to get more and more behind every day. So I actually quit doing that. So I've kind of, you have to work out what you can do. Some of you might be able to, you, some of you might be real readers and you really enjoy that. But to actually get out of the word in terms of sometimes what it means and really trying to find out God speaking to you, to just power through three chapters and tick the box, it, it's just, it's not really going to be blessing you um, as much as actually kind of stopping, thinking, reading, maybe um, writing stuff down, thinking, what is God trying to actually say to me? So what I do is I read more like, um, it, it can vary, but in terms of like, like my basic minimum, what I would read is about five verses. Hopefully you're not all shocked by that. <gasps> Only five verses. Sometime I read more, but five verses is what I will definitely be reading every day. And that is five verses that I can look at. I can read it a few times. I might even read it in different, different um, translations. That doesn't mean like different languages. It just means in different... Um, how do you put it? Sometimes it can be written quite a bit simple. Sometimes it kind of is a bit more literal. And um, sometimes it can be like paraphrased. But I just would read like five verses and really try and soak myself in those five verses and mull over what I think God might be speaking to me about those five verses. So I'll be thinking something specific that he kind of, and usually one verse or even one word or even one decision I've got to make, God will just suddenly speak to me so clearly. So um, I've mentioned translations. It is very important. If you just go straight to the, bi- straight to the um, bookshop and get um, a Bible, and it's called like the King James Version, um, 99% of you just won't be able to fully understand it. So the best one is something like an ESV, NIV, or Good News. The, um, but obviously you can get your advice from your youth leader on that or, um, or even like what your church pastor is reading and preaching from. But usually if you go straight to some of the other ones, they're a bit thee and thou-y, and it can be a bit harder to understand, unless you speak that language to your friends. But um, the other thing I'd suggest is going to go and find somewhere um, that you're not going to be distracted. So if I went into my main lounge and sat in front of the telly, where all the kids hang out and the Xbox is on, I'm not going to... I'm going to read this. I don't know if you've ever done that when you've had to do it at school, where you're told to read something, and you've read it four times, and you actually don't have a word, of, you don't have a clue what it's actually said. And um, so you have to kind of go, you have to be disciplined and take yourself somewhere that you're not going to be distracted. And often that's a bit of a quieter place where there's maybe not things to kind of 
pick at and poke at that are all around you, not all your best toys and stuff, and all, the, all your screens aren't near you and stuff. So find a place. And the other thing I would recommend is just to get a notebook. And um, the language is like what I've heard people using is calling it a journal all the time. And I remember thinking, oh, what is journaling? I just feel like I'm not spiritual enough to journal because journaling really means that you're, like, you're super spiritual. Journaling basically means it's like writing down the things that God says to you. So it just means getting a notebook and pen and thinking, today God said this. And it's like, and that's you then journaling. So it's, um, that's all it means. But it just means that you can then look the next day and think, oh, that's what God said yesterday. He's actually now saying this today. Or even you can get to the point with, like me, when I can look at things and think, 10 years ago, believe it or not, I read stuff. And I think, wow, some of the things that God said 10 years ago, I actually understand a little bit more now that I didn't then. So um, actually journaling it and writing stuff down is just a brilliant thing to do. So, and I can guarantee that if you do that, even for a little bit of time, your life will change. And I think all of the Orange leaders and all of the, the um, 12 to 14s leaders here and your youth leaders, they will all guarantee, they will all be saying that when they have given themselves to reading a bit of this every day, their lives have changed for the better. And that's just the challenge we want to give you. So what we're going to do, we're going to do the same as last, yesterday, we are going to break into groups, and you can ask any questions that specifically that you think, I didn't understand what she was saying there, or can you go into a bit more detail to your leader. Leaders, if you need someone to come over, just if it's a tricky question or whatever, put your hand up and one of us will come over and help you. But first of all, um, we're going to go into the groups. If you're new and you weren't here last time, don't worry. Just get into a small group of five, and somebody will come and find you. And we're going to do... Um, Get into your group. No, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do first. Otherwise, because you'll start talking, I know what you're like. Okay, so first of all, we're going to get into the group. And for those that were here yesterday, your challenge was to try and spend five minutes just praying um, with your people in your tent or on your own. But um, I'd like you to just say whether that was easy, hard. Many of you, that is actually going to have been quite hard. And, um, and that's okay. So be honest and your leader um, will help you with that. Then we're going to move on to two questions how you find reading the Bible and what you actually do. And the other one is going to be, um, where would you like to be in about a year's time and what can you do to get there? So they're the two questions. But I'm going to say them again once you've got into your groups, okay? And if you can't find a group, just stand up and we'll work that out for you, okay? Go, move. If you've not got an orange T-shirt or a youth leader, could you put your hands up? If you're just by yourselves without a youth leader. Okay, before we set you the challenge... Nathan's, who is a lovely steward. Hello, Nathan. We love stewards. We love stewards here at New Day. Um, he's just come up with a few helpful tips. So, Nathan. Um, I find it really helpful um, to have the Bible in One Year app on the phone and they read all those chapters. And then um, n- the guy, Nicky Gumbel, who is behind the Alpha course, does a like a preach on it. It's quite long, but you can... Um, listen to bits of it and however much you've got time for or maybe before you just go to bed the other thing is all the uh, New Day preachers are going to be on the website which means you can uh, listen to those as well and sometimes it's just getting a moment it just gets that food in you a different way um, so it's okay to listen to it as well as reading it. you're getting it in you're hearing it and then you can think about it and then respond to it and I've found it really helpful in fact when I, I won't go on too much longer but yeah when I 
I, I've been serving here for like ooh, three or four years. And the last couple of years, I've had some really difficult things going on in my life. And the only thing that really kept me going was just kept holding on to the word, kept listening to it, kept feeding myself, even though things weren't necessarily going the way I would like them in my life. I kept taking the medicine, you know, kept eating. And uh, God's got me through it. And um, I can stand on those scriptures. Now my love for him has grown so much. So, you know, that's what we want, really, from all of that. Thank you, Nathan. Katie, do you want to come up here and set us the challenge? Well, Katie's come up, can we just give her a big round of applause? She did an excellent to today. Okay, so the challenge for um, when we get back into small groups, we're going to share um, tomorrow, is that I would like you to try to read five verses and tell the small group tomorrow just one thing that you have learned um, from reading those five verses. So I just did it in my small group. I kind of did what I would do um, in my kind of, this is like really simple of what I would do in my quiet time, in my time where I just prioritize reading my Bible, is I would read five verses. So I just picked um, John, because I know like John, Psalms, Proverbs are quite easy to read and you're not going to get some, there's, it's kind of fun stories about Jesus or it is some brilliant things about how amazing God is and some of the promises. So, so if you don't know where to start, start with Psalms, Proverbs or John. And um, so I just read um, John chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 of my small group and I just read for it and I just thought, I read it for a couple of times and then I just thought, wow, it's talking about God's light in the darkness. Whatever happens today, if I have like a, a Barney with somebody or a falling out with somebody, God's, God's light is still in that dark place. And that's the kind of thing I do. I just keep reading it and think, what is it that God might want to say to me today to then kind of take into the rest of the day? So you read, the, if you read five verses and just think, what one thing could God maybe be saying, this is what I, found, I can find helpful and this, kind of, this word can become life to me. So it's five verses, that's it.